What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Yo, what's happening? It's Johnny King, another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm even more excited probably than the first time I had this guest on the on the podcast because now we're actually buds and I've seen his uh, just over a short period of time, his growth, his evolution. He's got a new book out. He's uh, He's doing so many cool things. He was down in Central America doing yoga training and now he's off to do public speaking. He's, he's killing it. It's good to have uh, Sam Cabert on, man. How are you? Johnny King, thank you for having me back. I'm doing excellent. Yeah, man. Honestly, like it really hit me after I did uh, yoga, my yoga teacher training in November, December of 2021, like a yeah. few weeks coming home from that. I was like, wow, I'm literally in the best place that I've been in my whole life. And I was just wrapping up the book and now fast forward a few months later, now the book's out. So yeah, things are rolling and it's, it's a great time for sure. What I, what I loved about that though, is when we talked about, I mean, when I had you on the first time, you're like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go down and do this, you know, yoga teacher training, that sort of thing. I don't have any plans to, you know, teach yoga, just going down for my own education, everything else. But then I also saw you a couple of weeks ago saying, Hey, I'm, I'm doing yoga on the beach. It was kind of looks good. I was like, damn, I wish I lived there. Cause I'd, <laughs> I'd totally be there for you. So how's, how's that been just, uh, kind of yeah. improving your practice and stepping into a leadership role in that regard. Absolutely, man. And you know, you've been an inspiration as well with your men's work and, you know, um, for me, I forget exactly what happened, but there was a satsang uh, sharing circle in our yoga teacher training. And I remember just being there like one of two men in about an 18 person group. And the other guy, he was there mostly, I'm, I mean, I might be projecting, but his wife was there, you know? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like really the same caliber as everyone else when you go as a couple. And then also like, you know, stereotyping, but a guy going with his wife, as opposed to like, you know, I was one of two men in an 18 yeah. person thing. And yeah. it really hit me like, oh, when I get home, not only do I want to teach, which I didn't want to teach going mm -hmm. into it, not only did I not want to teach going into it, but like, yeah, I, or not like have interest, I didn't want to teach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I decided that night, I spoke into the universe that I do men's circles when I came back. And at the time of this recording, I'm going to have my first uh, men's circle at the yoga studio here in town next Monday. So teaching That's twice so a week and yeah, men's work. Yep. And, and where are you again? Santa Cruz, California. I, I knew that I just asked the question for those that are listening. If you're in the Santa Cruz area, obviously hit Sam up if that sounds interesting to, to join. <clears throat> um, for those maybe that didn't catch the first episode uh, that I had you on, maybe give a little bit of a, a background of your uh, going from, let's say, quote unquote, Silicon Valley, uh, successful in business to kind of focusing more on uh, truth seeking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, very much workaholic, you know, working in Silicon Valley and having my business getting into content creation, doing nonprofit work on a couple boards, um, young professional events, things like that. And uh, yeah, just kept grinding away and eventually, you know, hit rock bottom, a, a deep and dark depression and numbing depression, which led to an ayahuasca ceremony, which was something that was completely out of left field for me. And, you know, just <laughs> ceremony, spirituality, all the things. And then yeah. after I did ayahuasca in 2019, I was like, show me everything that started a podcast that is now Soul Seeker and the 
the release of my recent book, Soul Life Balance. But really the past three years, I've just been a journey of going inward, of seeing what it means to go inward and a thirst for spirituality with blinders on, not mm -hmm. just the content I was consuming, but the people I was engaging with. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So the book is called Soul Life Balance, A Guide to Igniting and Integrating Spiritual Awakenings. Let me ask you this first and foremost, because I noticed it. Why did you, at least in the, in what I'm looking off of Amazon, why is soul capitalized and life and ba life balance isn't any, any, I'm sure there's yeah. a reason behind that's, that. That's a great question. So you know, as many of you listening could probably guess, it's a reframe of work-life balance. And mm -hmm. I just, as an aside, uh, without going into the conditioning and programming of work-life balance, just like yeah. look at it from this point of view that the W in work comes before the L in life. A lot of times with phrases, not all the time, but typically it would be the letter that's closer to in the alphabet that's closer to an A. So it'd be like life work balance. Mm -hmm. So it's just like this subliminal programming of like, oh, putting work before your life, right? Because you're literally putting it before and how you say work-life balance, which mm -hmm. is just absurd. So anyways, the reef frame of soul life balance. That's the same reason why I'm calling it soul life balance and not life soul balance. And it's yep. just a further emphasis of soul. Like, let's really make this clear. Like it's about this connection to a higher self spirituality, whatever it means to you. But you know, it's no mistake that our society is has suicide rates that are all time high when we are made to fit in a mold of fear and victimhood and everything else that goes along with it you know yeah yeah what well, i appreciate that and i think it opens the the door to something that i what i connect with you about um is just your authenticity and your realness and i feel like uh I attempt to do the same thing with my podcast too, which is like, man, I don't, I don't even pretend to act like I have my shit together. And you talk about, you know, just kind of helping spread awareness around um, various practices that, that, that help tackle the bigger issues of uh, sitting with discomfort or getting through anxiety or depression. And yet, you know, before we started recording, you're saying I'm, I'm at times I'm still struggling with that too. Um, what are some of the things that you, you, speak about in the book that can help people, you know, if they're just new to, to listening to you for the first time, what, what are some of those tactics or tips or, you know, I hate all those buzzwords, but things that you right. can do to get through some of the depressive or the, you know, the heavy thinking that we all sometimes can get into when we overanalyze one life. Of the, one of the biggest things for me has been to really get in touch with my awareness and just to really slow down. And it, it was designed that way. You know, I've, I've had so many experiences in the past few years that like, they were just massive signs for me to slow down from getting T-boned uh, in my car by a tractor and my mm -hmm. car getting total mm -hmm. to biting into a piece of pasta and my front left tooth cracking and it falling out to, you know, a brand new bike breaking down, uh, for no reason at all, like all these little things that add up and just different things. Um, it just comes down to awareness. And for me, what's been so powerful is connecting to my intu intuition through the signs and synchronicities. And even, you know, a few years ago, I would, uh, have a few friends where we had an active thread going a text thread going all the time and they were i was always sharing like these synchronicities and not that they're not happening now i mean i'm in a different season now where i'm very much more in the life side of that yang energy and like more structure and outward and external i was in a season of inward and it reflected in terms of all of the magical synchronicities that were all mm -hmm. ha happening but we can't really do anything with those if we aren't slowing down if we aren't tracing our thought patterns and things like that so there's the simple things like reflection you know i think um a lot of people get caught up in like oh i'm not a good meditator oh you know like i don't meditate the right way i think there's a lot to be said to just like gazing outside not specifically looking at anything it could be sun gazing and just reflecting and pondering on something let uh, and and instead of meditation, one more thing is 
this need to do right we approach spirituality when we're new into this stuff at least like oh did i meditate did i do breath work did i journal and all this stuff and by approaching it as a to-do list it actually counteracts the whole purpose of the practice itself so i think you know relieving the shame and the stories and all that type of stuff of needing to do this and how we treat ourselves if we don't do it you know right right let, let me rewind back. You said you, I mean, I guess it gives the, the new, uh, or it goes to the heart of the definition of al dente. So pasta. <laughs> yeah. Pasta, yeah. you had pasta that was al dente so much that it shattered your tooth. Well, that's, that's some good pasta or some really bad pasta. <laughs> dude, I, that was one of the weirdest experiences of my life, bro. Like I was RA, like not in good spirits and I was on a downward spiral. I don't know what was going on in my life. I don't remember, but I think I had like a, a weed mint, which I, I don't really do cannabis much. I'm yeah, one of those people yeah. that likes the more like profound <laughs> medicines, but yeah. doesn't really love cannabis. One yeah. of those, but yeah, you know, uh, every now and then I'll have some canvas. I, I think I was high that night and I just was like feeling lazy and just like, you know, let me watch a movie and DoorDash some food, you know, like just one of those moods yeah. and the food came in and I was, I've always been one that to eat too quick. Like I've been working on slowing down, not just inhaling my food, but what happened was I bit down, it was like penne pasta or something. And my tooth went straight through the noodle to the fork and it, I didn't crunch down the fork. Like, I don't even know what happened, but my tooth, like I have pictures, it's ridiculous. And I remember I, I have a picture of myself with a selfie. Like you can see them stoned and, and greasy <laughs> pasta all over my face with the missing tooth. And I'm just like, what I felt like my life was over, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's yeah. the first reaction, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. then. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, I'll let you take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is my, my, uh, where my mind went when you said you got T-boned by a tractor, like a legit yeah. tractor, like a farmer driving down the road in his tractor. Yeah. I was going to bring that one up next. So uh, <laughs> I grew up in Gilroy, which is the yeah. garlic uh, capital in the world. And yeah. it's about an hour away from where I live in Santa Cruz, my parents still live there. I was visiting my parents and then I was driving on the country roads, uh, home and it was such a weird experience because I saw this tractor up on the right, maybe, I don't know, maybe 50 yards ahead on the right. And he would have been backing out, but he wasn't moving. I saw him look at me. I looked at him. And then as soon as I'm starting to like pass him, probably going what, 40 miles an hour, give or take, um, I saw him inching out. So I slammed on the brakes and I'm pretty sure the fact that I slammed on the brakes is what did it because he hit the the passenger side back uh back seat where my dog was in her crate like he mm. came close to her she's fine uh but yeah so i remember that happening and just being like what just happened and then i pulled over and my first thought was what's the lesson and yeah. like in hindsight yeah. in reflection that's mm how like i get spirituals just thinking about it, but like it's these times of uh, situations like that when i've been able to react and have this out of body experience to just on autopilot ask myself be like what's the lesson that's where i'm like oh my god like it, the work i'm doing is actually yeah. making a difference versus i even got out uh, last part and I saw the car bashed in and I looked at it and I had a thought that was like, oh, I'm supposed to say, what the fuck? So I, I go, what the fuck? And then I go, that didn't feel right. And I instantly <laughs> went back to like, the, what's the lesson? And it was, it was just this really weird experience for sure. That, yeah, it's interesting because you had said before, I mean, as you're telling the, you know, the various tractor T-boning and the, the El Dente story that uh, you really said all about the awareness piece right mm -hmm. and uh and I so one of my questions that i want to get to in a second is you know maybe helping helping those that are listening maybe they, they're not even they're not even aware of what the awareness piece is mm -hmm. but having said that i think it's pretty cool to to i was just going to acknowledge in the sense that yeah clearly you're doing the work you're aware enough because you said you were 
reacting, but really you were responding. Like the reaction would have been what the fuck. Mm -hmm. The responding was what's the lesson in this, which is probably one of the most profound questions any one of us could take as a, I mean, if you could habitually ask that question, you know, of like, and I, and I often do too, like I'll break up in a, with a relationship be like, okay, well, what was some of the biggest lessons I learned from this? Right. Or I fail at something I'm like, well, it's a lesson, you know? And, and I learned that from Tony Robbins and which I think is a lot better of a question than, you know, why did I fail or how am I, why am I so stupid? Or, you know, why did I just got hit? Why did I just get hit by a tractor? You know, that sort of thing. So speak, if you don't mind a little bit more to that uh, awareness piece and what, what actually is, what is awareness? Yeah, I, I think it, what comes up for me is like the whole concept of th this is happening for us versus yeah. to us, you know, and that's kind of like how I've reprogrammed the neuro pathways in my brain to mm. just be on the positive side. Um, your question was about awareness. How do you drop into <clears throat> awareness? And I do think in a roundabout way that it is the practice of soul life balance. And this is something I've been trying. And it's like, when I'm someone who's done a lot of medicine work, right in the past few years, and it's important to know that taking the medicine is just 10%. The integration is 90% of where the work lies, yeah, right? Yeah. We all, we all know that and say that, but then it's actually embodying that. And what does that look like? Well, if you just go back to the way your life was, then what's the point, right? If you're not making these changes and this is the hard part that I've seen myself and other people, it's like, where do you make the time to do your spiritual practices? And then also like the, like I just mentioned in terms of, oh, I got to check off all these things. It doesn't need to be like that. It can be as simple as walking around your neighborhood, neighborhood earthing without shoes on or gazing out at nature, being in nature or looking at your thoughts, but all these different types of practices that we do talk about. It's just like, okay, how can we bring them in on a daily basis? I just want to make sure that I'm connecting with myself and through over time, you'll build awareness. I'm not sure that there's like one way to get somewhere with anything. And the same applies with awareness, you know? Well, how, how is awareness and intentionality different? I kind of see that there's like mm. a relationship between the two, but they're not the same. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, we could take, uh, the breath, right? Like how many times in a day do we take an intentional breath? Most people zero, like that's just the truth. Even for myself today, I'm not sure if I've really taken a few intentional breaths. I have not done yoga clearly, you know, it's, it's different than if you're going on a run or you're working out and you're breathing deeper, you know, intentional breath is to connect with it. And it can be as simple as like box breathing. Right now, the awareness might be for myself in reflection. And this is the way my brain works, right? Like I'm like, okay, well, if I haven't taken an intentional breath today, why not? Well, what's going on today that, so they do relate to each other. That's just one example that was top of mind. Yeah. And I was thinking too, like, you know, I think I'm brought into awareness when I get intentional. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, and, you know, the other way around, I can't, I can't, uh, I also can't be aware if I'm not being intentional. Like they, they kind of need to be both present in some regards. And I think that's a really good example because you're right. Like, like breath is such a good one where we, there's something we just take for granted and we do every single day. Uh, it just happens kind of, you know, subconsciously. And yet, man, do I feel instantaneously different when I, if I, you know, I'm in different men's groups and we start off with a one minute uh, meditation, which I've incorporated now into my men's groups. It's just like, let's just start off with a one minute me uh, meditation as a grounding. And I immediately feel different just because I'm breathing fuller and I'm focused just on my breath. I'm letting everything else go. And I think there's a lot, a lot, to, a lot of power there, but there's a lot to be said also, like you said about just breath work um, mm -hmm. and awareness and intentionality. So my, my next question kind of gets back into your, to your book. If you don't mind, maybe uh, get into the weeds a little bit in terms of what, what does the, how is it laid out in terms of table contents? You know, what, if someone's reading your book, what's the structure, what's the expected journey, if you, if you will, 
through your book. I'd love to kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I've done probably similar to you as an author, people listening, like so many different mind maps on this thing. And, you know, initially as well, the concept for the book was going to be very basic. And I don't want to say basic. It was more like a spirituality one-on-one for those that might be like spiritual curious that are workaholics realizing there's something more. Um, and then through the writing process, it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And it got to the point where like, at some point, I, I think I was, I was at my yoga teacher training and I realized how many of the, my peers were asking me different topics. And I was like, wow, they're not familiar with like, you know, a despacho ceremony or a new moon or full moon ceremony or, you know, whatever the case, uh, the specific thing was where I was like, I can't just assume that people know this stuff. I need to include this. So it was actually really cool to be in this tight knit community with other people on the spiritual path for 21 days in a row where I would talk about different stuff and be like, Oh, is that in the book? And then I went as far to talk about ETs, extraterrestrials. And I, it wasn't that I was leaving that topic out of the book, but a lot of people know, like that's one of the specific things I'm interested in. Does it really relate to integrating spiritual awakenings? It depends. For me, my first rabbit hole was I want to know everything about the human origin story, you know? So I think it definitely it is. And, you know, it's very much a choose your own adventure. But I had the book right here in front of me. And what's interesting is it's broken down in four sections. And the first section is about a third of the book. And that section is all about unprogramming. Um, and I think you and I both know, and a lot of people listening to your podcast, that there's so much conditioning and programming in our society. Uh, from there, it gets into what is spirituality anyways. And that's kind of like, you know, the one-on-one type stuff. And I don't want to say one-on-one because it's, um, you know, I talk about soul contracts, which is, you know, pretty deep inner child healing and shifting timelines. Uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And then obviously ETs. So that stuff really isn't one-on-one at all, <laughs> but you know, the basic concept started with it being one-on-one. And then from there, you know, from workaholic to inner freedom is another section. And the last section is a blueprint to building a new outer world. Cause one theme in the book is really exploring the concept of if the outer world is a reflection of our inner world, then maybe, maybe all we need to do is just focus on self-love in our inner world. And that's a big theme of the book. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Amen to that, which I think uh, is, it's interesting that that's how you wrap it up because that's kind of how you start it. So much of the programming that we've, you know, had instilled in us is uh, leads to unhappiness or, you know, going down the rabbit hole or the, the hamster wheel or the, like you said, the being a workaholic, thinking that someday once we achieve something, then we'll be happy. Right. Um, and a lot of that un unprogramming leads to, uh, you know, not a whole lot necessarily has to change, although I'm sure it'll change on the outside, but like a, a ton needs to change, obviously on the inside for you to get there. And so it's cool that you kind of have those as, um, uh, what do you call that? Book ends. Book ends. Thank you. Um, and then have all the the good meat on the inside, you know? Um, well, yeah. And actually awareness too, that comes back to awareness, right? Like for me, it was kind of like, it, I've been chasing all these goals for years and years, but whose goals were they? I never had the awareness to sit with myself to really, really <laughs> like I did in the terms of like, you know, what is my why? And oh, this is my driving why, but like not the layer deeper than that you know? Yep. So my, my first initiation of that was, was at a Tony Robbins event mm -hmm. and you know, we all have our different, I mean, you, it could have been ayahuasca for you. It could be Tony Robbins for me. It could be a podcast or a book for someone else. Um, or just, you know, an awakening on, on your own. And I think for me, it was <clears throat> around that time that I was 30 and just really coupled with like, who actually <laughs> like chose these things that I'm going after. Because, yeah. and it really happened when I, when I went through my divorce, uh, I kind of questioned like, why was I fighting so hard for this, you know, basic life anyways, you know, mm -hmm. like she didn't want to be a part of it. And actually I didn't either. Right. 
So it was, uh, it was a good wake up call, really good wake up call. Um, but I think a lot of us fall into that. And, and I think men, again, it's kind of comes back to that kind of midlife crisis, you know, whether you go through it in your forties or you go through it in your twenties or thirties or later on in life, it is kind of more of the, the questioning of, and having the awareness to question why, why are we doing all this anyways, you know, and, and what's the purpose of this human life? You know, if it's just to acquire things, which we all know, we're not going to be able to take with us. Right. right. So what is it really all about? What, what does your book, you know, it does it go into, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I talk about some, yeah. Oh, purpose. Yeah. I thought you were going to ask about materialism and consumerism, but yeah. Well, per- on, on one side of the coin that, but then on the other side of the coin, like if it's not about that, then what is it all about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So early on side. in uh, unprogramming, I talk about consumerism and materialism and not to bash it. Like consumerism would be to feed the machine, right? That's mm-hmm. like Amazon and there's just uh, small and I'm not suggesting I'm not one of those people who is like out with pitchforks and, and you know really has like a strong take on you know shop I don't want to say shop local but because obviously I believe in all this stuff but it's not like you know the thing that I'm sitting here really talking a lot about it's more subtle shifts that yes I purchased from Amazon. My book is on Amazon. My parents have an office supply company in Silicon Valley, and they're the last independently owned office supply company in Silicon Valley, and they battle Amazon. This is their livelihood for over 40 years has been their business. So there's a, you know, I have personal things with Amazon, yet I have Amazon in my browser right in front of me, you know, and (laughs) my book's on there. It's just these uh, small things where, if we can accumulate more things in our shopping cart, right. As opposed to just, Oh, let me check out with one thing. And then, uh, you know, they have an option for, um, I actually don't talk about any of this in the book. I don't know why I'm talking about Amazon right now. I talk about consumerism in such a different way, but it's a necessary, the point being that it's a necessary evil that feeds the machine. Right. Right. And we could go unpack that materialism is different in that we're looking for these goods, kind of like what you just alluded to, to fill an internal void. We're looking Mm -hmm. for an external thing. And at the same right, like, I mean, I have nice stuff and all that. And it's, I bought a brand new car right after doing ayahuasca and seeing all this. And then I was upset, shaming myself for it. So I've lived through like all the different iterations that I feel not all of them, but different iterations where it was like, okay, now I went against what I believe. Now I'm shaming myself. Oh no, it's okay. Because this is part of what it means to be a a human. And I shouldn't, uh, you know, not enjoy nice things because you know it, now i'm building a new relationship back to awareness i'm tracing my thoughts being like oh it's okay for me on this car i'm not letting this car define me and it be mm-hmm. a source of happiness it, mm-hmm. right things like that um and then the other part of it was sole purpose now towards the end of the book i do have a quite a quite an important rant for me about purpose mission and dharma and you know, in spirituality, we talk about soul purpose. We talk about your mission and Dharma. All these things mean basically the same thing. And it's always been triggering. And I didn't know why until one day it hit me in a medicine ceremony that it is so external, right? If so much of spirituality is about like realizing external pressures, now all of a sudden we're putting more pressure on people to find their purpose and people are, I've seen so many people scramble and do things and put them out to the universe. And it's for this external need and something they feel like they should be doing, even though they're the same people that don't like the word should. Right. And what I've come to realize is it's really just all about self-love. And I don't know about you or anyone listening, but I don't think, and this is me projecting because I'm not actually in people's minds and hearts, but I don't think I know anyone who a hundred percent unequivocally loves themselves. Right. And if the outer world is truly a reflection of the inner world, and there's only one person that truly needs to wake up, then instead of all these external 
external factors of how am I going to make a difference in the outside world? Why are we not talking about self-love and making a difference in your internal world first? Then at that point, you can talk about like mission things to do, but I don't know. I still dance with, if I truly loved myself to my fullest capability, would that shift the entire world outside? you know, mm-hmm. and it's starting mm-hmm. to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's that, but that also might be just the journey of this experience, this human experience, mm-hmm. you know, is, is kind of like living through that, um, through this dream that its purpose is kind of to like, you know, put these lies on us or try to label us or fit us into a box. And then, all we're up against are all these trials where we're attempting to disprove all of those lies and focus on the truth, you know, and the truth is that we're all loved and we are, and, and we are love. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like last night uh, I was at a, a men's book club and a, a bunch of the guys, um, someone asked the question, Hey, who, who here knows their superpower, who knows their purpose. And half of us kind of raised our hands and the other like who, who has an idea, but isn't totally clear was the other guys, but I could tell there was this kind of uh, the energy shifted because it all of a sudden kind of cut the group in half. Right. And there was kind of a, a shame towards the guys who are doing, they're showing up, they're doing the work. It's like, Oh man, I don't know my purpose yet. or I don't know my superpower. I'm like, man, sometimes, you know, I agree with you. There's almost so much emphasis on finding one's superpower or life purpose uh, that, we get stuck in that again, the part that could be part of the programming too, is that you need to know all these things and, you know, to be enlightened or whatnot. But um, I think to some degree, there's a part of letting go, uh, which probably comes with self-love that helps the process of just, uh, just being versus like doing the work of trying to find is still in that doing energy of I'm searching for my, my purpose, you know? And we don't need more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We don't need more. We don't need more. We don't need me to come out with, uh, you know, another book. We don't need uh, my (laughs) podcast or your podcast or any of this. Like we have everything within, right? And that's kind of the paradox (laughs) of being a content creator, (laughs) right? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I still think of of all the content that I create and the, the book that I, you know, wrote and the podcast is still, if anything, it's just more like a, uh, a journal, or a, uh, a time capsule of my process of my own work and people just, people just joining me for the journey that they're on, you know, and we're kind of saddling up next to each other and doing the work together, which is more fun than doing it by ourselves, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. And I actually look at my stuff very similar, but I, not to bring your and my content into this and what i meant by like we don't need more is like at the end of a medicine ceremony when i get to that space of like realizing like with content and consume consumption not of material goods per se but of like thought space like really it like you just talked about letting go it's about less and all this and i'm not saying we have all the answers to the universe uh within us but maybe we do I think we do. I think you're right. I think everything that we need is already within us. And that's why I think this, this human experience. And I think, uh, plant-based medicine, the little bit that I've done, but each time I do it, it, it's coming to my own truths. I'm like, it's, there's the aha and the realization that whatever I just aha about, I actually already knew as truth. Yeah. 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 You know? And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I knew this, I felt this. I just hadn't connected it or I hadn't owned it or, you know, like I know I am lovable and yet plenty of times I don't feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the, the yin and the yang or the, again, the, the pull, uh, against truth sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. So having said that, I think that still the, the profound part of your book and your message, I feel like is the, you know, 10% of the journey is like, doing the work and 90%, well, doing the work, that's not the right term, but 90% of it is integrating, right? Is the integration. Um, No different than maybe we talked about this on the last time I had you on. It's like, I've had surgery or I, you know, I get injured and then maybe you get put back together, you you, you know, 
they'll do some work on you, but no one tells you how to rehab. No one tells you how to like, I, I had hernia surgery in my abs and I'm like for a year, a year and a half, I was struggling because no one gave me any type of clue as to how to rehab from like abdominal surgery. But I'm like, that was 90% of the challenge, you know, was healing from that and then getting the use of my, my core back. Uh, and I kind of think about it in the same sense, like you can go through personal development or you can have a major trauma go on or go through a, a plant-based ceremony, but then there is not as much support in the integration part. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are the, what are some of the things that you talk about in your book? If you don't mind sharing that, yeah. that are kind of guides again, to helping people realize the goodness of doing, you know, the ceremony or whatever, right. Mm -hmm. Having their spiritual awakening, but then making sure that they get the most, they're wringing the most juice out of it as possible versus leaving potential on the table, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I share a ton of modalities that I use personally, and it's not like all the traditional ones you would be thinking of. Like if you're thinking of the traditional ones, then yeah, I probably have that in there. But then there's more stuff like, for example, soul contracts. I'm really into the concept of soul contracts and the Pixar movie soul illustrates it pretty well in terms That's of like, Right. Yeah. yeah so good. And I was going to bring that up earlier with purpose, like not to any spoilers, uh, but I mean, by the end of the movie, spoiler alert, hit pause. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of just like experiencing. Yeah. Right. Isn't that yeah. the whole purpose? So anyways, there's a lot of different things. I talk about um, soul contracts, which is like before you incarnate, choosing which souls you'll come in with. And then that explains more whether it's a partner or it's a friend or a family member of like why something isn't working or if a loved one lost, like it's something that was predetermined, essentially. That's very mm -hmm. high level. Um, you could check out the book Sacred Contracts by Carolyn Mace. It's an incredible mm -hmm. book. I recommend it on Audible and she goes mm -hmm. deep into it. She uses Helen Keller as a great example of like mm -hmm. how she incarnate. Yeah, all that. And then um, spirit guides and animals, messengers, uh, listening to the whispers things like that that that's a little bit more common what else is there um integration so i mean the whole book is about it and i try to put as much in it of topics that i'm interested in like just the other day i realized something wasn't in it and i go yeah, but that really doesn't really interest me. So that makes sense why that wasn't in there. But like, even at the yoga teacher training, it was in Nasara in Costa Rica. And one of the girls there I was friends with was having trouble with something without getting to specifics and she needs to let go. So, you know, I, I taught her what a despacho ceremony was. And we, I showed her how like you could pick up a seashell in the ocean, your body will respond if that's like a yes or a no, and you can feel it and just listening to your body and then mm. giving it back to nature and how that's a gesture. It's an offering. And it's, a, it's also like the physical representation of letting go. So mm. there's things like that in there too. Like there's so many different uh ways to integrate and really that's what the book is about at first it like i mentioned it was going to be more of just like a mindset shift and like a very much intro where now it's like after doing so much medicine and things like that seeing that oh i'm kind of tired of being like oh happy integrating you know on either side i'm on you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing I feel called to do at some point is an integration retreat where there's no medicine and it's bringing in experts at different modalities and really like really, really diving in deep with these people about the practices so that they can take it home, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, for someone maybe that this is all kind of new to them, um, mm -hmm. uh, define real quick what you mean by modalities. Oh, good point. Um, practice modality practice like uh, breath work would be a practice or you know cold therapy like a cold plunge it, that's an excellent way to pra practice uh the art of surrender you know mm -hmm. different things like that mm -hmm. or even yoga oh that's what i was going to say yoga at the very beginning of the book i talk about the eight limbs of yoga and you know one of the limbs is uh 
are the asanas, the postures. And that's what most of us think of yoga. We think of it as movement in the postures. Well, that's just one eighth of what yoga has to offer. So I talk about the eight limbs of yoga and it's interesting in talking about it, I realized, wow, if you were to, if one were to just practice uh, all the eight limbs and just abide by that alone, that is going to lead you to a spiritual awakening and its integration. So mm -hmm. it so yeah, I don't, uh, just cut out for a quick second there. I'm glad you're still with me, but I, I got the the majority of that. I would say the, um, I wouldn't say, but I would question, again, of all the modalities that you speak of in the book, mm -hmm. if someone is, again, new to integrating, what would be one of the, you know, it, well, and maybe is there even like a beginner modality that you would recommend people getting into that's a kind of a again if this is kind of new to someone yeah. i'm just thinking about one of, one of my guys on uh, listen to the he's like this sounds really interesting I'm, I'm intrigued but i'm also kind of intimidated or overwhelmed like what would be a good place to start yeah i wouldn't even recommend meditation you know for me it's all about reflection i saw yeah. Shanti speak recently a few years ago he's a spiritual teacher and he talked about the lost art of porch gazing where there's no agenda. It's just looking out and seeing what's there. And even in my time in Nassara in Costa Rica, like the whole town congregate congregates on the beach together for the sunset and everyone is there and they literally build their days around the sunset. It's one of the four, I think, blue zone, blue zones in the world, which a blue zone is like a healthier place of, of living. People are healthier. Mm -hmm. They live longer, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think something simple that anyone can really do without there being a barrier to entry, either on accessibility or, you know, their quote unquote skill level for back lack of a better way to put it is just connecting with the elements of nature and reflecting. And, you know, it could be a sunset, it could be a sunrise, um, or it could be as simple as going on a walk without your phone or maybe with your phone, but not listening to a podcast, not listening yeah. to audible, not texting, not emailing, and just connecting with everything around you and just listening to the birds chirp and listening to different sounds and feeling the sensations on your skin. Like that's, that is the art of awareness right there. And this is my whole point that I like to talk about a lot. Like it doesn't have to be meditation, journaling and all these things. It can be as simple as just, you know, reflection and yeah. being in the elements and connecting and getting curious. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really good. Cause I do feel like a lot of the things that I, you know, gosh, let's just say one of the times that I was in the Cayman Islands on Seven Mile Beach and, and watching the sunset, sitting on the beach, kind of right at the, the, the edge of the shore, you know, as the small little waves are rolling in, no cell phone, you know, it's like feeling the warmth of the sun, listening kind of to the lapping of the water, you know, feeling the, the sand in between my toes, you know, experiencing loved ones by me and just like, just appreciating the shit out of life, you know? Mm -hmm versus I could be sitting there stressed about business or just so not present. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but you don't have to be in the Cayman islands to enjoy that moment. You're saying being more intentional with going for a walk or just sitting on the porch and, and looking out. Right. So I think that's a really good, really good point and a good beginner spot to be. And now on the flip side of the coin, talking to someone who's maybe done a lot of work, mm -hmm. are there certain modalities that you believe for someone who's done a lot of the work that, that are really, uh, provoking in, in, I would say in a good way of growth and, and, you know, yeah. experience, if you will, for someone who's done a lot more that, that maybe they haven't heard of different modalities that you talk about in the book. Is there anything that be more for a uh, seasoned individual? For me, it's breath work. And when I say breath work, I mean, what's called what's being called these days as a breath work journey, because it's mm -hmm. very misleading when you say breath work, like, what does that mean? And yep. people that are not familiar with breath work, you know, um, they, let's say it this way, 
for people that are familiar with breath work, you may be thinking when I say breath work, I'm talking about like box breathing for five minutes or alternate nostril breathing, which if you're not familiar, those are great practices that oftentimes in like yoga, you'll do at the beginning or the end, or, you know, maybe in a men's circle, something like that. And they're good ways to take a few intentional breaths to just like get in resonance with each other and just to kind of, you know, drop into your nervous system. It's, it's a great practice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. However, a breathwork journey is entirely different where it's basically a medicine ceremony without the medicine it's mm -hmm. and you're intentionally breathing for at least like 60 minutes nonstop. and there's different schools of thoughts in terms of how to do it but a breathwork journey will naturally release dmt from mm. your body and mm. these can be very profound experiences um i used to do breathwork journeys about three, four times a week, um, especially if it was before or after a medicine ceremony. Yeah. I it, I did breath work, I think once last week, a breath work journey, but other than that, I haven't done one in probably a couple months. I'm trying to, like I said, I'm in a different season now where now it's more external, right? Um, but that said, I've had some of the more profound experiences and maintain that frequency uh, by implementing breath work into my routine. I wouldn't recommend doing it every day. You certainly can, but I think, yeah. um, keeping up with it, you know, a couple times a week would be really great for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me ask you something. This, uh, just my own personal question, but I bet you I'm not the only one who feels this way. Um, when we're talking about breath work or, well, let's just, yeah, various modalities, if you will, Anytime once I get into it, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. It's so worth mm -hmm. it. I just naturally feel, um, and maybe it's not natural. I just, I tend to feel a, a resistance to doing some of these things. Like they just don't feel masculine to me. I just feel kind of like, ugh, and I have to surrender to that every single time. But there's a part of me that wants to go out and fucking chop wood or shoot guns or but I know that stuff doesn't work. And it's just like me asking my coach last year, Christine Hasler, like, she's like, you need to grieve after this relationship. I was like, can I just go down to smash it down in Southern Denver and just smash, smash shit. She's like, it's very cathartic, but it doesn't, it's not going to move the energy up and out of you. You know, when I get into breath work, then potentially comes tears and, and maybe, maybe that's really what I'm avoiding is I don't want to actually, I'm scared to drop into those uncomfortable emotions, but there's always that resistance. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to fucking do this. It doesn't, it feels very like airy fairy, so to speak, you know? Yeah. So what would you say to that? Is that my own, just my own resistance? Is it uh, something that you've been up against or anything that comes up with other conversations with men or, or women? Right. Yeah. I think there's a few things there. Cause I think um, if I'm hearing you right, you know, it's kind of a combination of one facing it and two kind of from outward perception of, oh, this isn't masculine. Like I don't want to do this. It's kind of both. It sounds like, is that right? Yeah. And even on top of that, I just feel like, um, yeah, I just feel like I'm drawn to, yeah, I'm just kind of drawn more to like, I want to maybe this thing, I just want to do something more where sitting and being with yourself. is just like, and maybe more that's, that's again, the patterning of just being a human doer, you know, versus yeah. being a human being like just to sit and slow down. I, like I said, I always feel like so much better, but there's like that. Uh, I don't know if I want to take the time to do that. I'm sure I'm just up against my own patterns. Yeah. I'll speak from my experience. And for me, like, I did yoga in college um, a couple times, like at the gym, coming back from a snowboard trip, things like that, where I was really sore. I wanted to stretch. That was my intention. And I remember like my guy friends being outside the window, making fun of me and afterwards. And, you know, I was in the top frat, lived above the most popular bar and, you know, a lot of jocks, not, I'm, I was never a jock, but around that, you mm -hmm. know, and I was a meathead in, without being, an athlete you know like just personality wise very broy and um yeah i i hadn't practiced yoga in years in 2018 i heard rogan talking on his podcast joe rogan about uh yoga and how challenging it is and all the benefits from it i was like oh 
maybe I'll try that again. So really for me, it's been like this, um, uh, the metaphorical uh, permission slip from mm. leaders and man, menly man, menly men like Rogan, like yourself, doing the work like myself. You know, we're giving the permission slip to other guys to break down this paradigm because that's one part of it, right? It's yeah, like yeah. I know, like myself, I have crystals and all this stuff that's like women stuff, and you know, I, I like doing the full moon, new moon ceremonies. I don't do them all the time, but I'm into a lot lot of stuff that women are into and i've had to like really face that and at the end of the day like for me i like the way it makes me feel mm-hmm. you know and i was at such a place after doing ayahuasca of just so curious if i did not follow my curiosity and do the things that made me uncomfortable, like going to a full moon ceremony, not even knowing what that meant, or it was a new moon ceremony, but being like, I feel called to this and not knowing what feeling called means. Just like, I've, I didn't feel like I was doing it. It just like happened. And I kept going that way. And, you know, in a lot of ways for where I'm at now, like my take in terms of men's work for me is kind of like that invitation for men to soften and get into the feminine, you know? And for me, it's not so much like, oh, I don't want to feel this per se, because I I do like feeling and I do like the deeper type of stuff like that. But I still do have like, oh, are people going to think I'm like, you know, soft because I'm a yoga teacher now or whatever the case may be, you know? Yeah. 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 I appreciate that, that uh, vulnerability and transparency. Cause I think that's probably what just a lot of guys are up against that too. Um, and, so and we have to embody that, it, you know, yeah, leaders yeah. like, uh, like you and myself, you know, we're the, at least myself, you know, we're the bridge, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm, happy to do that. I just, I do feel like even, even when I'm at seminars and we're doing carpet work or different types of trauma work, it's like, ah, there's always that. I don't want to go there, but I know I need to, you know, and maybe that for me, that comes up when I'm like, oh, everything's good. Like, no, I don't want to do that right now. That's kind of like when it comes up. Yeah, for sure. I feel that. Yeah. 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 And I, I, in terms of social situations, I get so much anxiety in social situations. And, you know, if one thing that the pandemic and the lockdowns like have gifted me personally is to not give into that societal conditioning of, oh, it's the weekend. I should be hanging out with people and just being okay by myself and actually realizing like, oh, now that I don't have all these voices about like, oh, you're a loser, whatever, because you're not out doing something. I actually much rather prefer most of the time being by myself than with a, a decently sized group of people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Which, which again, uh, I'm sure that that understanding is cultivated from doing the work of being connected, being aware, being connected to, you know, your body, how it really feels versus judging yourself and everything else that we do, you know? So I think there's a big part of that, that guys can really lean into, which sounds uh, more feminine or, or more like what women are good at is like really connecting with their heart. And like, you know, we can kind of poo poo that, but man, there's so much there, like you said, of just really feeling like, and you feel that way with, with meeting other people, you know, you just instantly trust someone or you just energetically don't, you know, I think men could connect with that. Like businessmen, um, some days you just feel great. You get out of bed and other days you just feel off, you know? So there's, there's a lot of that where I think we take for granted, um, you know, being connected to, to our energy source on the inside, but then we kind of just slough it off and we just kind of man our way through it versus really, cultivating a little bit more of a slowdown. How am I feeling? Why am I feeling that way? How can I shift things using maybe a little bit more of the integration practices that you were talking about? One thing that just came up for me is um, I haven't listened to metal in like 15 years, but in yeah. high school I was a metal head and I've gotten back into metal in the past couple of months. And there's this song by a band called Motigrator and they're like a really heavy metal band, but yeah. I forget how it goes, but it's basically like, I'm just a little bit off today. And, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's so funny, like looking at the lyrics and, you know, Master of Puppets by Metallica, like that one is all about about like 
society, not conditioning, but you know, all that type of stuff. But the, the song title gives it alone <laughs> anyways, but there's so many different songs where I find these lyrics are just like so mindful and conscious and kind of like what you're talking about with Christine. Um, and when you want to like do something more masculine and get aggression out, like I've been using, and I bought an electric guitar and I've been using metal as like a, a good way to let aggression out in a mindful way. So that's been kind of a cool practice. You yeah, know? that's very cool. Yeah. I think the, the underlying lesson from all that we can take is like, man, I think sometimes we get in our heads as men and, and, and certainly women as well, but speaking to more of the, the men, side of things we just get in our head and we over we judge you know and we judge it up against you know some type of outdated uh masculine paradigm you know well and that's yeah that's the thing if i can just jump in because you're talking about like the heart space and being in the heart and the the ironic part is like because of society conditioning like we're like oh no i don't want to do that but if you've ever been connected with your heart you know how how good it feels so yeah, it's like yeah. so weird that yeah. we're still yeah you know but which goes back to the first first third of your book which is like working against yeah. our our programming you know exactly because it's like i know in, intellectually that this is or, or even more in my heart that it's going to feel good once i get into it but man i feel yeah, there's something there. Like maybe this is not what a, a normal guy would do, or I just have to be aware of that, not judge it and continue to say yes to, to trying anything. I've done sound baths. I've done, and some of it is amazing. Other things are not my thing, mm -hmm. but that I would rather uh, be that guy or work with that type of guy or be friends with that guy who's open to trying everything versus just shutting down and be like, no, all that stuff is, is bogus. Like, I'm just going to keep, you know, and, and not doing the integration essentially, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I love it, but uh, we could keep chatting, but I, I think uh, this is, this is good for, for, for now in the sense that uh, you've given us a taste for what's in the book, you know, a good uh, sneak peek, if you will. And I think it's the next step obviously is uh, just letting people know where, where can they read it? Where can they, is it, is it on audible at all? Is it on the, uh, not yet audible will come at some point but it's on amazon you can grab it there paperback kindle hard copy whatever your heart desires soul life balance uh the website is soullifebalancebook.com awesome. and if you guys are new into spirituality and you're feeling lost with all these the spiritual terms and jargon and all that like i was i built a, a glossary of terms for the newly activated so like 50 terms that are defined for like those new into spirituality and you can check that out it's completely free at soulseekers.com slash terms yeah and i saw that on your link tree on uh, instagram as well which i was curious to ask you so i'm glad you brought that up um Maybe it's one of those things that we could uh, organize where however long, you know, people would just call into a, uh, you know, some type of group call and just before they go to bed and just let you read the book to us, oh. you know, just to go to, you know, go to bed while we're listening to you. Bedtime stories. Bedtime stories, right? You got uh, it. I yeah. started reading like little sections on my Instagram. I'll probably be doing that. Do you, is your book on Audible? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll it's have... pending. It's pending oh, as pending. as of this moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk offline, but yeah, I, I definitely have plans to get on Audible. That's not like the, the top priority. Yeah. Your your book is pretty big too. I'm not sure how big yours is, but this one's three over 300 pages in like yeah. normal small font. So it's going to be a yeah. long read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a, honestly that was a bear of a task to to put it on Audible, but uh, yeah. Once you get it done, man, it feels good. Um, talk about like birthing a project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as a podcaster, having a book, you kind of have to have it on Audible, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is a big investment, time and money and everything else. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's good. I'm listening to one of my buddy's books and it's just, it's so great. Like literally went for a two hour ride today on my bike and listened to his book. And it's it's so much better, you know. I just don't take the time to sit down and read as often as I'd like to. So yeah, yeah. It's a good option, but that's awesome. That's awesome. Why I highly encourage you guys to follow Sam on, uh, on Instagram, on the social medias to buy the book, especially right now it's, uh, 
what it's it's like eight dollars it, 88 cents on a paperback three dollars on kindle yeah yeah, yeah. Love it. i love it yeah i love it i love it that's awesome or you can get a hardcover yeah yeah i just put the hardcovers out um killer. so those are 22 22 dude killer i love it uh i love it i love it well thank you brother thank you for being on thanks for uh sharing sharing your wisdom and your your gifts with us um i'm excited to have many more conversations but you just got to write another book i guess so Get Same on here, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Awesome, you guys. Well, thanks again for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the content. Like I said, please give Sam a, a follow, grab his book, uh, leave a review for him. I think all that stuff, as you did for me when I brought my book out, makes all the world a difference and helps uh, you know tell Amazon and everyone else where to invest their resources. So that would be huge. Uh, and thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. Take care. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.